old owner move out and to help the new mover uh, owner Des move in. I saw to call it just a recording of a practice space is uh, not really explaining it properly. I mean, this place is uh, where you can create magic. As an artist, you have a, a studio space. Instead of working by yourself in your basement, you're working around other people. You get to show your work to other people. You get feedback. You get inspiration. Priceless. That's priceless. You get to show your art there. There's an art gallery in the building. You can show your art there, and that leads on to another art show and another art gallery. That's priceless. For musicians, it's the same thing. You can practice there. Instead of being in a basement, you're around other people. You can play your tunes. You, can, people, you get feedback. You get inspiration. It's priceless. You, go, you hone your skills. You go upstairs and you record those songs in the same building. You walk across the hall. You take that recording and you get it mastered in the same building. You walk two, store, two doors down and you get your CDs made, manufactured right there in the same building. You take that CD, you walk up to the third floor and you get it played on the radio station in the same building. It's totally priceless. A bio lab, a luxury condo, what kind of future do you expect to have here in this city? I only see a ghost town. I see a cultural wasteland for your children. I don't want that for your children. We don't want that for your children. We want Cambridge to have a beautiful future. I think you should make sure that the EMF building doesn't get turned into a bio lab or a luxury condo. I think you should make sure that that Windsor property gets turned to another art cultural place that's just like the EMF building where your city can actually support art and music and culture. Because I know you really want to do that, but it's not free, okay? We don't just work as musicians, we work. I, I just came here after work. I waited two hours just to talk to you people to let you know how important it is. We're not just musicians. We bring money to your city. We spend money in your city. And we bring so much revenue by, by performing here. So just imagine if, if we didn't perform here anymore. Imagine if we just boycotted Cambridge and never played here again because we can't afford to. What kind of future is that? It's a ghost town. It's a cultural wasteland. Is that what Cambridge wants to be? Is that what Cambridge wants to be? Is that your future, Cambridge? I, I beg you, don't do it. Don't. Tyler Kinzer. We're doing this punk rock and raw style. All right, we got we got Ben Simon on my right. Um, he is also one of the leaders of the Save EMF movement um, and a local artist musician. Also ran for Cambridge City Council. Also a huge rent control activist. Is there audio? Okay. Why am I hearing there isn't? There's audio. Okay, there's audio. You should be able to hear me. Um, anyway, 
So let's uh, say hi. So let's see if they can hear you. Hey, Ben Simon here. Hello. All right. They can hear you now. Good. Um, did, is there anything else you want to say about yourself? Um, I mean, you said you said it all pretty much. Um, I, I enjoy um, hot chocolate. It's cold. Like <laughs> I like long walks on the beach. Like and uh, breaking <laughs> break into abandoned buildings and occupying them. Um, also, to my further to the right, we have Sophia Bell, the greatest young young upstart activist musician that I know. Um, we've been through a lot together. Also one of the leaders of the Save EMF movement. Also a local artist and musician. Also like the raddest person. Um, and also we've been, you know, pepper sprayed together. So I feel like we've been through some shit. So there's <laughs> <Yeah, that's true. laughs> like yeah, so I much. About that. Yeah, I, I sorry to remind you. Remind and I'm so glad, folks, give it up for Sophia for making it today. Uh, they're not feeling so well. It's There's some aches okay. and pains, yeah. but we we're some, good now. We got some mouth pain. Yeah. We're, we're living. We're living. Yeah, we're living on the edge <laughs> over here. Um, so welcome to the show. We've got viewers now. We've got audio. Yeah, I don't have audio in my there. We'll get there. Okay, Maybe I'll talk loud enough for it. Um, so let's. I'm gonna take them off for now. Okay. Right, right. That's fine. Um, we don't need your rules. We also have in studio another member of the Save EMF community. He's our fearless producer. Woo! Hey, everybody. <laughs> he likes to be kind of behind the scenes, but honestly. Herb is my EMF. He's my producer and my homeboy. So let's get on with it. Um, let's go into what exactly the hell it is that we're talking about. Why do we wear the shirts? Why do we celebrate the music? Why have? Why do we fight? This e EMF was a building in Cambridge. It is a building. It's been there forever. And artists and musicians have been renting out spaces, affordable spaces, in the three floors of the building for, I don't know, a decade. It was 12 years, I think. 12 yeah. years. Yeah. It went on for 12 years. I started coming there a little later because we had a radio station at the top of it, but it became the most important piece of Cambridge to me. Um, and then in 2018, uh, the building was sold to a developer, the Giovanni. Well, you'll hear that name a lot. Just remember it. John De Giovanni. And uh, the artist organized to fight back to try to stay there. Um, it's going to be labs or something i don't know something the typical story artists organize artists like sophia and ben organized to try to save cambridge and save emf and save the artist community and made a huge stand and got a lot of attention and you know we're keeping the dream alive tonight it's wemf miss emf miss whatever you want to call it um without further ado did i miss anything that's the basic outline we can fill in yeah. the yeah. details yeah. from there yeah sounds good um Sounds good. So, when did you start getting involved with? When you had your you had a practice space there. Yeah, um, I I was kind of um, I wasn't there at the very beginning, mm. um, like, but um, I think it was we we heard there was like the two there were two city hall meet, council meetings, right? And I think I came to the second one, and, and Dave Trees Dave just heard was from that one, right? It was at that after that meeting I met up with John Glancy, who was taking down people's names, and John Glancy kind of, you know, he was one of the the spearheaded uh, the guy who really spearheaded the the whole idea of, of organizing to resist our displacement. Um, and after that, I was coming to every meeting, every meeting, right? And um, so I just became sort of like a league organizer along with Sophia. Yeah, and did you have a space there too? I was a sub tenant 
So I practice with my band um, in one of Nick Zampiello's rooms. Nice. Actually. But my involvement with EMF went back really far because I used to work at Out of the Blue Gallery during the summers. And there was like this huge crossover of artists between the EMF space and Out of the Blue. Right. Um, yeah, like when I'm the, as I was saying, I went on Decks and Butts when I was like 16, 17. <laughs> um, I kind of hung around there um, when I was a teenager because obviously there's not a lot of that one do. Right. Yeah. yeah, I definitely hung around there too, actually. So we want to get into all the story. Um, I'm a little overwhelmed now because I have all these things in my head I want to talk about all at once. But I did prepare. You're here with me. Got viewers, you can hear me. I did prepare a little monologue. I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off and do it. Get up it. close and personal okay. because um, there's a reason this issue is so meaningful to me as your host of Renters Radio. Um, and I feel like you've touched on this yourself, Sophia. So it's in some ways about it, it being a, a place to be safe or be raised or be, you know, part of the community. Um, I was watching your speech. Anyway, I'm rambling. It's getting late. Let me get into it. So what's that music? Okay. You've got sound bleed. All right. So. I first discovered EMF when Mike Crawford invited me to co-host a radio show called The Young Jerks in 2015. We did a political talk show, talk show up on the top floor of the building on a 24-7 streaming station called WEMF Radio. Up a twisted maze of staircases past a thriving community of artists and musicians, each with their own unique and magical spaces. I'm not an artist, but that building soon became my home. Herb was our producer back then, and Dave Crespo and him ran their radio station upstairs with their know-how, love for rock and roll, and the power of their giant hair. <laughs> the Young Jerks became a huge success, and we had amazing guests in and out of that station every week. <clears throat> but after the show, I'd hang out with one of my new friend's faces downstairs, or maybe catch their band playing up the street at the Middle East. Everyone was always there and central, and everyone was working on projects and generally supportive of one another even a political pundit among the artists. My story is similar to countless others who call this building home. We'll tell their stories over and over so we never forget. We'll tell them tonight. We'll tell them forever. We'll let the world know that John DeGiovanni and Cambridge and developers can't buy us or our passions, even if they did buy the building and kick us out. But I wanna get real personal for a minute. Let's get ready for some scars because it wasn't just about art or music or podcasts. Um, I needed EMF more than anyone knew I did at the time. Outside of that building, I was a raging drug addict whose life was spiraling out of control. I had no job anymore, no schedule. All my friends were addicts, but I had one thing to do every week on time. Show up to EMF and put on a show. This place, these people, this purpose was so important, so special that I clung to it like a rock. And when I finally hit rock bottom and went to prison... There they were for me when I got out. I was right back on the Young Jerks and Herb, Jarva, Kyle, Maddie, Steve Onderick, Tyrone, Repo Rob, you guys, everybody welcomed my newly clean ass into their crew. We do social conditioning every Saturday, get brunch at the Middle East and jam out and make videos. And I ended up spending most of my weekends back at the station. It was my safe place. Who would have thought a rebellious artist and musician community would be my anti-drug? It was easy to stay clean because I had them. I had made so many friends there and I was finally conscious enough to realize it. So I just want to 
take this opportunity to thank every single person I've ever met at EMF. You saved my fucking life. And how many others like me are there whose lives were saved by having access to spaces like this? Maybe it's not so personal. Maybe it's common. Maybe art and music and community have more value than your stupid condos. That's why we built the station here at New Alliance, and that's why I do Renters Radio. Because I'm not going to let developers keep stepping on my friends. I'm going to talk about it, and I'm going to shout with them, and I'm going to stand with anyone fighting the same fight, because together we can win. All right. are back got a little of this a little of that that was a uh, Giovanni song um who was that great track. it's a great that's track a that's the that's the one thank you yeah yeah that was uh so we should just 
<laughs> what section of the show is this? <laughs> this is the Foghorn! <laughs> Do you, yeah, like, I feel like something really intense is gonna happen. Maybe she just <laughs> talk some shit about Giovanni. This dramatic music. Her, do you hear this? What? Is it just us? We're all just having a joint hallucination. It's not actually. Dude, there's like. Do you not hear this? Super intense music playing. What? <laughs> it's so dramatic. Right, let's, just, let's just pretend. Really yeah, let's, let's show needs to go on because we still need to talk about EMF, and we need to talk about the Save EMF movement that you did such a wonderful job of uh, putting on. Well, that was funny. There we go. After the after the heavy stuff, <laughs> we go back to uh, uh, back to some comic relief here. So, when was it? Two thousand sixteen. Um, so w when was what? When we all had to go? No, later. 2018. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was later. Yeah, that was a couple summers. That wasn't last summer, the summer before. The summer before that, yeah. Yeah, so basically, um, what happened with that was this, uh, developer, what is it, Trinity Real Estate, uh. Yeah, well, so we, uh, I can go back to it, but essentially we got eviction notices posted on our doors. Yeah. And like, okay, you have to be out at this date because um, we don't want you here. <laughs> I mean, they didn't say that, but it was like, you just got to leave. Yeah. Um, And then I forget who it was. Someone, maybe Steve Andrick, Um, It was when Ruby Rose Fox was checking it all out and like also talking a lot about it. Um, Someone found out that the shell company that had bought um emf was a shell company of trinity which was dg so there was like multiple layers to it and right we really had to like dig down to find right the guy responsible for purchasing the building right and um he bought the building kicked the artists out to make it into um offices uh as everyone knows um there were some really great activists that did their research on this uh Steve Onderick is one of them. Hopefully you'll call in later. Did a lot of documenting, a lot of going to these shows. Uh, John Glancy was helping. With... Where? Sorry. I don't know. Steve will help me remember some of the names about, like, who was the lawyer that kept going to, to Giovanni and would never get any time with him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, you mean, uh, like, Jonas? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it was a, he's the husband of one of, um, Actually, my former roommate who had a practice space there. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, people tried to lawyer up. People tried to do what they could. Um, and basically, nobody was listening, right? This was, like, just happening. A lot of people left. Um, and at the time you did the Save EMF, you ended up doing the Save EMF rally. Yeah. Um, so a bit of, yeah. So I guess the backstory to that was that... Um, right on the heels of our, our like final, our final like um, termination, like notice, like I noticed to quit. Um, Di Giovanni, who was involved with, was also involved with the Harvard Square Business Association. And they were putting on this event called Make Music Harvard Square, right. where, you know, musicians were being asked to play for free, you know, and therefore, you know, thus bringing like revenue to all these businesses in Harvard Square. Um, 
but just like we thought it was just so insulting um that you know the same the same man was involved in like de dealing this devastating blow to the artist community and then just like immediately afterwards another entity that, that he's part of is asking us to play asking us for, to play for free so we decided you know we've we wanted to like you know essentially like shut this shit down which we didn't entirely but we all but did like i think what was it like 75 percent of the bands like dropped out like a really big yeah it definitely put yeah. a dent in the day i think cambridge dave recorded that the amount of bands playing is less than half of what it usually is um we tried to be as diplomatic about that as we could where we weren't gonna like call musicians who played it scabs right we understand like you know, being a musician, like, some people are in it for the exposure, and, right. like, that's their game plan, and it's hard. We don't have a union, so we can't, like... Um, but I think we did a good job, given what, what we had to work with. Yeah, and we you ended up getting a lot of support from a lot of elected officials in Cambridge, too. I mean, I know that uh, State Rep Mike Connolly was mm -hmm. a big supporter, spoke at the show, um, at the rally. I remember seeing him there. Also, Cambridge City Councilor Quinton Zondervan was there. And it became sort of something that, you know, even, I even have a clip of uh, news, like, you know, NBC covering it. Yeah, and yeah. it became like a pretty yeah, well-known <laughs> thing. There was like a point where, was it NBC kept coming to EMF to yeah. like visit the squatters, the people who were like occupying the building? Um, they would just like come in with their video cameras and yeah take footage of us playing and everyone thought spaces. yeah and and uh i know there was also a lot of surveillance on the building at the time oh, as well time. um big yeah, time big surveillance time. uh because one of our friends jarva was there living there we all were in it we were all in and out of her she occupied that for like three months but i digress <laughs> back to the issue of the uh cambridge like do you feel like Cambridge likes to say they care about artists and then they go and pull this bullshit, right? Which is sort of what yeah. you were highlighting. Yeah. yeah, all the time. Yeah. And, you know, right at, that was around the time when another store up the street, Out of the Blue Gallery. Oh. Yeah. Got moved. Yeah, I think that was like... I think it was... Uh... <laughs> There's just huge bleed. Yeah. Yeah. Bleed. We get it sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's all right. The other blue, uh, the other blue got screwed over when it came to uh, paying rent. But I think they closed uh, like six months, five months. Yeah, before like not too, not too. Yeah. yeah, it was very, very, uh, very near the same time. Yeah. yeah. And like honestly, like I mean that that was really sad. Um, that was a big community for me, but I think the loss of EMF was way more cataclysmic yeah. than that. And I've been thinking about it a lot too because, you know, um like both Ben and I have a space in Sound Museum, which is a space that's run by the same person that man EMF. And like you have New Balance literally <laughs> yes. like encroaching in and like a brewery popped up across the street and like Bahambug like I can go on about like all these like four horsemen of gentrification. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just waiting for like the moment when that building sold and like at that point it's gonna be like lord of the fucking flies of artists to find a practice space because we're losing volume yeah like we're losing like sheer volume of practice spaces and you can't re like they're yeah. not being replenished at the right. same rate and it's just gonna be a, a horrible thing i mean i feel like where we are now um i've said many times on the show that we do the show out of the market basket 
Um, it's yeah. just, you know, but actually we are in a new space full of refugees, I would say, from EMF. At, we're over here at New Alliance. And, you know, it, there's more and more of these spaces have been getting bought out, dying, uh, turned into condos, whatever. So everybody is flooding to like the last remaining spaces. I know that we all went to the Sound Museum in Brighton after you know uh the station moved and then the building shut down and you know it it was just sort of a like a pivotal land it was a it was like a, a pivotal moment when that building closed like a part of our soul died kind of feeling though For like sure. that one was yeah. the most important everything else just seems like a given on the table like oh that's gonna happen oh gm spot's gone this is gone that's gone yeah like maybe there's a community like that at these other places i'm just not part of it yeah, I would like for them. I, I don't know. think they're. I mean, not in that proximity, right? Like not not that accessible by the red line. Not right. in an area where there's already like so much vibrant sort of like culturally based life going on. Right. I mean, like, yeah, that's for sure. Like one of the biggest hits I've ever seen happen in my time here in Boston. Yeah, it was pretty magic. We were actually, in case anyone doesn't know, we were on Brookline Street. So basically off the streets, the Middle East, tons of bands played there, um, you know, around the corner from everything in Central, really close to the red line. And but then still put back enough that it's like not in the center of everything. You know, we used to play soccer in the field next door and, you know, hang out. I used to go there and crash after a show or something. And it was uh, oh, the soccer games, the soccer games. Those are dope. Those yeah, are dope. I know. We had some <laughs> soccer games. We had our antisocial social conditioning show every every weekend. Um, see, I told you I'd get disorganized telling the story <laughs> like Ben. Let's stay on track. Timeline. What happened? Um, so we did the protest and there was a lot of uh, city council meetings. And I guess, uh, you know, to Giovanni didn't really listen. Obviously, um, actually, if uh, I, I, I just want to back up a yeah. little because I, I realize um, the listeners maybe not didn't get this one piece because um, I, I think thank you. We we we, Help we all me. We yes. All, no, there's so all, many things to say. It's hard because we all know all these details. And it's yes, like we, thank you. We're getting to, but I, I think what what I was talking about, and I was, and Sophia corrected me correctly, or it was good that you corrected me. We weren't trying to shut shut the um, the event down. Um, but we were trying to sort of like um, take it over to some degree, which we, which we were able to. Um, the main stage for a big chunk of the day became available to us because so many people dropped out and we got use of the main stage um, for this this event for um, a good chunk of, of the day. And, and so we used that to hold this protest during the event. Um, and uh, yeah, there were, some, there were some two great articles about it, one in the Cambridge Day, one in um, the Dig, um and yeah it was kind of it was kind of like the biggest thing in in the festival and it was it was really cool um you know like i think uh yeah i was there 100 people showed it was awesome there was marching there was rousing speeches which we're going to play yours um but did we cover the importance of emf yet we I, I think yeah, I think okay. we have. I think one one thing that we can also back up to describe is that this protest happened after months and months of going through various avenues to try to stop this from happening. Um, and I think a testament to how important the space was was when um, Dave Tree gave that speech in that context of like there was a there was a hearing on it at the council meeting and the room was like so flooded that wasn't it like two and a half hours of 
It was long. It yeah. was like three hours of testament by people who were part of EMF, who weren't part of EMF, who were talking about how much the space meant to them and how concerned they were about the future of uh, the cultural district in, in Central Square. Right. Um, and it was like this amazing meeting of artists and musicians sort of like mobile. I don't think I've ever seen like that sort of across the scene it- mobilization from people from like all different corners of like you had like recorders, business people, like right. visual artists, punks, like all coming in and and talking on their random talk show hosts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um well, I just, I just want to say real quick, like, like that was actually like when I really felt like part of the EMF community, because like before that, I just sort of like I was in my practice space doing my thing. And I didn't really like necessarily, you know, network so much. But when when, you know, we were suddenly fighting um, our displacement and, and coming together, that's like really when I felt, you know, part of something bigger. And, it, you know, even though we ultimately lost that battle, it was such a inspiring um just uh yeah experience yeah. for me yeah i definitely felt that as well uh you know i i i had a lot of friends at emf but then i made more of them through the protest through being part of it or you meet people that you kind of know but you don't know that well but you're all there together and there was a magic feeling man i wish we could have won that battle but um it yeah. it 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 did mobilize a lot of people too you know yeah yeah I think it laid down work for future incidents. Um, I don't know if Di Giovanni would have gone about the evictions as he did if he knew the next year and beyond would be extremely difficult. Um, like, we recently got the Historical Commission to recognize EMF as a historical landmark. Right. There was like a huge wrench in what I assumed was a really flushed out development plan because these people don't really go in with like a vague idea of right. what they're going to do. And like the bad press and the squatters yeah. and going to court, which which he actually had to pay up. And yes. like meeting with business owners, like the amount of resources and time that that guy spent trying to get us out of there, like... That to me, even though we didn't win, was an extremely important victory in that like when the ball drops for future practice spaces, like there's a little bit of groundwork in what we have the capacity to do as a community and it's a warning shot. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, it felt good too. Uh, Jarva probably will be on the show at some point. Um, <laughs> we can get her unevicted from this building. Um yeah. You know, she occupied a space in there for like three solid months and we would all just go, you know, hang out, bring VHSs. things. Yeah, VHSs, bring, make music. That We got so much video footage from there too. Uh, and, but she was getting, you know, knocked on the, you know, knocks at the door from like the landlord, not the developer himself, but the, yeah, the, management. the management company being like, you need to leave and like, you know, but never given her the right paperwork. And, you know, she just kept sticking <laughs> stick at her guns and just like being like no i'm gonna go to court i'm gonna do this thing and it was really stressful yeah like nobody wants to go to court yeah. nobody wants to like deal with this paperwork especially when they're threatening you but at the end of the day actually tenants have rights yeah and a lot more than sometimes we even know how to flex because she got paid we lost the war but the small battles were won yeah and so like shout out to people like jarva for fighting those 
Um, plus it was really fun to hang out and squat in that space for like, yeah, <laughs> like it was, was so much fun. My biggest regret is that more people who didn't were into that space didn't stay yeah. because that notice that they gave us it was, was not a legal notice. Right. Like that was just them casually being like, yeah, you got to leave on this day. How did they get away? How did they get away with just giving all, all of us that just, note? And then people that left. Was people left. left. Right? They yeah, just left. Right. Right. People oh. get scared. Not everyone's as fearless and stubborn as Jarvis. Yeah. I mean, it was... You know, she is a brave dude, man. Yeah, Jarvis, Jarvis, a brave dude. Um, and yeah, I guess, and the thing is, it took breaking, you know, I think that a lot of us learned about tenants' rights yeah, through sure. doing that, like, so and just much. reading that and talking to lawyers and seeing, like, well, oh, it's, they're not going to come in here with bulldozers and kick us out. It's not going to, they're not going to arrest us. They can't. Yeah. Yeah. We should have occupied more. Yeah, space, we should sure. have. We should have occupied. We we really and and it's a call for if this happens again, we can do that for yeah. sure. Like we aren't going to get arrested. No, they can't. They can't. They, they cannot. cannot. Like it's like they come knock on the door. They can look mean and nasty and scary and say things, but they're lying. They lied to her face multiple times yeah. about what what they had uh, the right to do, and you know she stood her ground and. We always had someone there to unlock the door to let the next person in, just sort of like <laughs> taking shifts, taking shifts, occupying EMF, and that was a that was a harrowing and wholesome experience at the same time. Um, oh, man. So yeah, yeah, we did the rally. Let's play a speech from there. Oh, yeah, Ben Simon's ready to go. Wait, oh, we uh, have a phone call. Is that a phone call? A ring a ding ding. Oh, there we go. You're on. Who's oh. this? Oh, uh, hey, this is Steve Andre. Steve! Steve, me alone. I call in since you asked yes. Me Thank you. How is, what's up? Have you been listening? Uh, yeah, I've been listening in. All uh, right. Yeah. Do you Good have any facts you want to, so do you have any facts what? you want to fill me in on? Did I do anything wrong? Uh, no, I don't think you got anything wrong. Okay, um, good. Yeah, I mean, I thought your discussion about how, uh, you know, so Jarva uh, held out and didn't leave until the illegal order came down, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a very good point. There were so many people renting in that building that in retrospect, if you could have gotten that many people together to decide not to leave until they were legally required to, uh, it might not have been worth it for DiGiovanni to kick everybody out. It would have been a huge legal hassle, I'm sure. Yeah, that would be definitely something to, to try again in the future. Um, and, you know, you were there documenting a lot of this. You, If you want to go, if you go on YouTube, people, you can go to Steve's, uh, Steve Onderick's YouTube channel has so much documentation and great videos of the Save EMF fight. Also some stuff on Vermin Supreme, all kinds of fun stuff. But um, what is your YouTube channel called, actually? Plug it. Oh, it's uh, it's called Steve Andrick Dash Filmmaker right now. Yeah, okay. If anybody so... thinks of a more creative name, let me know. <laughs> Who are you to call yourself that, Steve? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm actually going to link a playlist in the group chat right now. I plan to do that. Um, so you were at a lot of these hearings as well. I remember coming to you for a lot of information on the facts uh, of what was happening. And does this seem like, uh, does it seem like, like, what is your, I don't know. What do you, how do you feel about it? Oh, how do I feel about what went down? Yeah. Um, well, I, mean, I think it was great that so many people got together to try to do something about it. That so many people got together to like, try to make things happen and sort of defend that sense of community and the, you know, the kind of right to have a place to actually be able to gather and work on art and work on music and that sort of thing. And 
you know, to at least defend the idea that maybe rich people shouldn't be able to just kind of push everybody out of everywhere whenever they want to. Um, it was, I, I felt a little bit like, um, for me, it was an interesting learning experience with local government because we definitely had some allies in the local government with like Mike Connolly and Clinton Zondervan, et cetera, who genuinely did seem to be trying to help us out. But by the same token, I think that, you know, we got we got sort of caught up in trying to negotiate with, you know, Mayor McGovern. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was saying that he wanted to help us. He wanted to negotiate with John Giovanni and see that, you know, see if the city could lease the building from DiGiovanni. But then when all was said and done uh, in our final meeting with the local government, uh, basically what we found out was that the city manager and the city solicitor had pretty much total control over that decision. And they kind of acted as though that would have been a, a preposterous sort of resolution in the first place. So I don't know. It's It can get tricky and it can get slippery. And, you know, some politicians will have your back and other politicians won't and others will act like they do. And then it turns out they don't. Who disappointed so, you the most? Who disappointed me the most in the local government? Yes. I mean, honestly, I think it was I think it was Mayor McGovern, just because he was acting as though he wanted to help us, but he wasn't really informing us of how limited his ability to be able to do that was, which sort of, you know, and he was sort of asking us not to, you know, don't talk trash about John DiGiovanni in the media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like in a way it sort of sort of sucked some of our momentum out of what we were doing for a while. You know, yeah. it felt like a bamboozling to me. There was a lot of bamboozling afoot. Yeah, and then in recent yeah. months, he's been taking money from uh, John D. Giovanni's lawyer. Yep. Actually, he was taking money from John he... D. Giovanni's lawyer while we were in court with him? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So... yeah. like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? I think so, yeah. Yeah, no, that because that, I, I got in trouble, actually, for when I was running for city council for saying that he'd taken D. Giovanni's money um, during and after the um after the emf thing what but in fact i meant was that he was taking money from his lawyer and he took a significant amount of of uh money from Giovanni's lawyer while we were in like negotiation i mean that, before we were fully out of the building that's the same thing yeah. yeah a lawyer is the same thing as you know what because yeah. every everyone will say like if you look at other political donors and campaigns you know they hide some of them with more money hire mince levin right like enbridge to to go <laughs> Hey, Charlie Baker's stuff. You know, it's it's all that lawyer is a representative of that person. So yes, it's the same thing as taking right. money from them. Yeah. Um, and and while we're talking about uh, Di Giovanni's lawyer James Rafferty, it was also pretty interesting that at the hearing uh, for the Cambridge Historical Commission to you know hear people's comments on whether or not the building should be declared a historical site. I'm pretty sure the only person to speak against that idea was James Rafferty, uh, Di Giovanni's lawyer. Whereas there were like dozens of other people who were in favor of making it a historical site. Yeah, there's so. actually, uh, I read the document recently. There's actually a lot of good his history there besides our history. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, it was it was nice of Cambridge uh, to uh, designate a historical landmark. I guess the win there is that De Giovanni can't make as much money. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Just well, I, think, I mean, I think the historical... The Historical Commission is great because I think it's one of these um, sort of small time pieces of the government that, you know, more influential people like maybe they overlook that sort of thing. Like they wouldn't. I don't know. There's not that many wealthy people who are like, I got to make sure I, you know, keep an eye on the Historical Commission. <laughs> right. <laughs> my, right. I don't know. We should. Yeah, we should definitely consider those types of 
you're I see what you're I see what you're getting at. Those types of groups like historical commission and like, you know, they're probably I assume a bunch of old people. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I think they're just they're a little bit they're a little more accountable to the people yeah. than some of our other governmental institutions. That's all. Yeah. So well also maybe we can sway them in the future. Right. Like making this building. But I think um like that I think that's a really a good point. But it's just unfortunately the historical commission, like they're only they're they're limited to just um protecting the exterior of the building. Like the, right. the new right. owner can do whatever they want with the interior. So like we we need bodies like that that are more accountable to people that can prevent a you know a new owner from fucking up the interior of buildings and displacing a bunch of people. Right. Because like, you know, D. Giovanni doesn't even fucking live in Cambridge and he just <laughs> devastated the lives of all these people that do live in Cambridge. How is the government representing the people that live in Cambridge if somebody else, like somewhere else, can just like buy something and fuck over everybody's life? Like, it's just, uh, it's so transparent that government does not represent people in any equitable way. Um, you know, government first and foremost represents property owners, like at the local level, at this very basic level. And it's just, you know, the EMF story just really made that clear. Like we think, you know, when we when initially when this country like enfranchised like you know white slave owned like slave owning like sorry like land owning men like um you know obviously that wasn't full enfranchisement and we're giving like you know property owners like this this uh you know uh prominence and it's like we're, we're still doing that now we're still giving property owners like full rights and everybody else like if you're a renter um if you're just a person that doesn't have a home you do you just get fucking fucked. Yeah. No, it's it's fine. We're not. Yeah. No, reach as we say. Like five therapy sessions a week to talk. About I know, right? It's like. Oh, I know, and it's not like this isn't. This, this is not a special story, and you know, when doing this like renters radio, and you know, it actually did trigger me to start getting into the housing issue. Also, uh, we should mention that you did run for Cambridge City Council. Maybe next time. Maybe next, next time. time. But your campaign was oh. great and you stuck to your I guns. Work, I work at an after school and when we're disappointed, we're, we, we tell the kids to say, oh, well, maybe next time. <laughs> that's, that's, that was how it happened. Well, I mean, I think that uh, that activated a lot of people. And I think that people saw the, um, they saw that, what you just said. You know, they, they see that and, and that that's something that you've been fighting sort of for this this regular people having rights to housing, having rights to have cool stuff like artist spaces that we can afford. And, you know, EMF triggered me to start thinking about that shit. You know, before I was just a weed activist. So. <laughs> and then, then we won that. So then, yeah, now I'm a housing activist. So, you know, and uh, hopefully we can get, you know, we, we got some good people elected. Um, it wasn't you. You were my favorite, but it was, you know, we got Jeevan and we got some other, other people who are, you know, hopefully helping the housing issue. Quinton's still there. So, you know, we'll see how it goes in Cambridge. <coughs> Alston Brighton, we actually made epic win for our city councilor there, District 9. Um, so, oh yeah, Steve, you're still here. <laughs> Sorry, it's such a long rant that uh, I kind of... Your time it, was so oh, it was so good. It's so good. This is exactly what I want. This is WEMF miss or EMF miss. So let me clarify. <laughs> WEMF was the radio station on top of the building. EMF was the building. Yeah. It was so. And EMF referred to its former use, not 
necessarily. What? It was like a electrical like, supplies, yeah. like uh, you know, something. Like warehouse and retail kind of situation. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I said for like, I think I said for electrical manufacturing facility. No, I think it was electro electromotive force. I should have looked this up. I've known this. Um, but, um, but anyway, one thing that Steve is really involved with, um, if I remember correctly, Steve, we haven't talked in a while, and I hope you're doing well. Steve, come to Boston. Yeah, come yeah, to likewise. Boston. Oh, I was upset that you didn't capture or publish my speech at the uh, EMF rally in Harvard Square. But we can talk about that later. <laughs> um, oh, it's yeah, okay. maybe I missed it. I don't I, know. I'm sorry. I, I was angry, and now, now I forgive you. Uh, <laughs> one one thing that I learned a lot about when we were getting evicted was um, sort of the weaponization of safety codes to evict people. From oh, things, we didn't even get. Yeah, you're which right. Which is like something that was really. Um, it's like one of the most insidious ways of evicting people, in my opinion, because like so often the safety code is not implemented when it needs to be. So you have like the towers in England where like lower income people of color died because like obviously the safety code doesn't really matter when they're not getting a lot of money out of them and they're just using them as like a space holder. Um, but when we were at EMF, like the one thing that was consistently brought up by city council and John D. Giovanni was the fact that it was a fire hazard. Um, oh yeah. So like, mm -hmm. But then, Steve, I don't know if you want to talk about, like, all the weird discrepancies in this where it got, like, obviously it was yeah. being utilized in a certain way. Well, yeah, people were using the building for years, and the fire department kept signing off on the building, saying that everything was okay, and, you know, nothing was ever officially announced about it being a safety concern to be in there. But then the moment that John Giovanni had, you know, after he had purchased the building, after he wanted to kick everybody out, they did additional inspections, and then at that moment, uh, you know, the fire department came back saying that, you know, I, I don't remember the exact language, but saying that it was like a significant safety hazard, that there was some sort of fire hazard about the building. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just seemed to me, it seemed so blatantly obvious that something was amiss there. Either the fire department didn't care that there was a safety risk to the people before, or they decided to make up a safety risk when it was convenient for you know this wealthy real estate developer guy who wanted to kick everybody else out so that's that was that was pretty concerning um to see that it's hard to know exactly what to make of it but something's obviously amiss to me it was a former like i think anyone who was in that space knew that it was a fucking like matchbox <laughs> yeah um and like it was old that's true it was old the elevator shaft was basically like a fire tunnel like I mean, there was just, like, a lot of ways that that place could have burned down and everyone could have died. Um, but yeah. it was, like, one of those, like, ghost ship situations where, like, the city, like, that code is not being enforced. The city doesn't care. The people that own the building aren't being forced to mm -hmm. renovate it in a way that is safe. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as they want you out of there, they suddenly care about the fact that you could have perished in a fire. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. beyond, like, profiteering, like, it's literally, like, playing with, the livelihoods of people and we see so many artist right. spaces go down in flames because like they're just com they're ignored until they're not you know i am all forced you know actually rod weber just joined and commented weaponizing of safety is the cop's favorite trick absolutely yeah absolutely um <laughs> and i'm all for fire safety folks uh you know don't run around and loose asbestos either you know don't 
fall through floorboards generally, especially for homes. You know, I, I always think that it's important to have, like, I've been losing my heat every other day. You know, it's always important to have safety, but I would rather have an unsafe fire hazard and still have EMF. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Thing to remember, though, one important thing to remember that is like, Di Giovanni was able to collect rent on the building. <laughs> right. It was like something like 25 or 30 grand a month. He was able to collect rent on the building for like two years. Right. While I guess it was a big safety hazard to everybody who was there, you know? But it didn't matter then until he wanted to get everybody out. Then yeah, that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> and uh, that I do remember the fire inspection stuff and like all the paintings had to get taken off the walls or yeah. just all kinds of different hassles. And yeah, I guess it was a fire hazard. Um, I would rather have both. Like, I would rather have a city that like cares about the the lives of like people who can't afford nice, pristine, fire safe re rehearsal spaces. Um, that put pressure on those landlords to not evict their people and right. keep the place up. Like, I don't know why we have to sacrifice like space and also like not die. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm I'm still in that mindset where I'm like, well, we had what we had. For sure. It's For hard, sure. but you're I'm right. You're absolutely that. right. You're absolutely right. And um, they did have the inspections a lot. And there was a lot of, it was, it was insane in there. It was a maze. I remember uh, when Easter, Easter, me and Herb and Steve and Maddie, we hit Easter eggs. eggs in the elevator shaft. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. um, we hit Easter eggs all over the building. I hid your campaign lit all over this building <laughs> in homage to that. Um, so, you know, maybe someday when they're knocking stuff down, they'll find one of our Easter eggs. And what did what did Maddie have in them? She had, oh, uh, phrases. Yeah, I think it was phrases from the Bible about circumcision. <laughs> <laughs> like like just random like phrases from the bible about foreskins or something and that was in all like a bunch of the easter eggs we hit around there was like you know that some... seems very possible yeah yeah, yeah. so you know some candy, I think, there's but yeah. yeah there's some develop she had empty candy wrappers too there's some developer there and there was like weed seeds in one of them i think that was the one in the elevator shaft um and there's some developer or some construction worker is just gonna find one of those i hope so i hope and it's gotta be i hope it's a good foreskin one i really do mm. like <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Just, that would be like you know the sort of uh that would be very emf we have a change of change of uh spirit yeah yeah <laughs> like, like oh knock, man knock it down. <sighs> we should get all the artists back in. yeah this is this is really like mind-blowing <laughs> information about foreskins that's just gonna make me want to like keep the dream alive rock and roll i don't know i want to play a speech from that rally because it's like 10 steve what else are you, do you have anything else to say? I plugged your, um, your YouTube, check it out guys, Steve on Derek. I'm going to type it in, into the group chat so we, people can spell it. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably sign off in just a minute, but, um, I guess, yeah. One other thing that came to mind yes. is that I feel like, like places like EMF where you have a community of people working on art and music and different things like that together, like they're pretty rare in the kind of society that we exist in, in capitalist America. This is pretty uncommon. It's hard to find them. But I think that they serve like a very important pro-social role. I feel like people are very sort of divided and atomized and a lot of people don't know their neighbors at all. You know, a lot of people don't have any kind of community. They just have a little family or whatever and they go to work, you know, maybe they don't even have that. Maybe they're just sitting home alone on their computer all day. But places like EMF allow people to come together and work together and work towards common causes. And uh, I think, you know, there were, there were some people with mental illness who came through and I feel like it helped a lot of them. 
And it helped a lot of people who had different issues, like feel less alone in the world. And so, uh, I don't know. I hope that uh, in the future we can find ways to cultivate more spaces like that uh, because they're rare and then yeah. I think really improve things in a lot of different ways, a lot of different dimensions for people. Absolutely. So. Well said. It's a, it's, it's a dying, it's a dying breed of space. We're trying to keep that alive. I appreciate you calling in and uh, speaking so yeah, eloquently. Thank you guys for doing the show. Happy, yeah, yeah. Nice happy emf miss. <laughs> Mm -hmm. happy happy ms to you as well. <laughs> all right yeah, come back to boston we'll see you okay, soon I'll get back here sometime. okay come okay. through all right bye for now bye bye for now. bye which oh. um speech are you gonna play i was gonna play yours from the rally okay i, I just want to know because um i just wanted to say um because of the very beginning it gets cut off but what i'm what i'm talking about to give you uh the listener the context is um we sat down with di giovanni um only after we, most of us, everyone except for Jarba and the people. You're starting from. I'm sorry, speech. I think I forget my first words, but I think it's like you said during the speech. And so the he is John DiGiovanni um, when we meet with him. Um, and I also, I also just wanted to point out that like, um, I had I had the feeling like that, that you know, we were kind of getting the runaround from, from Mark McGovern. And so like, that was sort of like the mood that me and a lot of the people were in, like when we were like, let's do a fucking protest. And... And like that was just sort of yeah yeah where we were at like, everyone was really fired like up going going through the official channels it didn't feel like a viable option at that point yeah no it wasn't uh i think that you know in retrospect could have even stuck it to him even harder because they weren't going to work with you <laughs> and earlier yeah but anyway we got that speech lined up i said during this talk that people who live and work within a community have a right not to be displaced from that community <laughs> and that their economic, economic status shouldn't have anything to do with that, right? Um, and that the law should affirm and protect that light, right? John DiGiovanni said, and his wording here was, was humorous to me, I don't think that I have any right to stay in Cambridge. That's a pretty hilarious response. Of course, he wouldn't assert the existence of a right like that because one, he doesn't need that right, his money will always protect him from displacement. And two, if such a right were ever recognized by law, it would significantly hinder his ability to make more money. Yes. To someone, thank you. To someone as wealthy as John DiGiovanni, the idea of being displaced from Cambridge is about as remote a possibility as his being struck by lightning. Probably far less likely. The looming threat of displacement that so many Canterburyans have learned to accept as a part of their daily lives is something that's so removed from his world that I doubt if he can even begin to comprehend its significance. What does a community consist of? Buildings and building owners? I think even John DiGiovanni would agree that it consists of people. If it consists of people, then how do you determine who gets and who does not get to be part of that community? It would seem that DiGiovanni's answer, and unfortunately this seems to be in harmony with the city and state legislation, regulation, and lack thereof, is how much can you pay? The upshot of this is that regular people who do the necessary labor to make a city an attractive and vibrant community can be unceremoniously kicked out when their when they're remaining gets in the way of landlords' ability to capitalize on the very thing that those same regular people have created. What do, what do landlords and developers contribute to a city? They don't do any necessary labor. Their work seems to consist of making decisions about what kinds of businesses, housing, and hence, what kind of people should be in our city. We want regulation and rent control! I agree with that. <laughs> we had rent control once, but a special interest group 
uh, landlord special interest group got rid of that. Thanks very much, SPOA. They, so developers and landlords are in short a management class. Well, I have a word for this class. Your management sucks. We are here today to affirm that our days of sitting on the sideline and accepting gentrification and displacement as inevitable are over. We are the people of this city, and our voice in shaping this city by our sheer number should be louder and not softer than a few developers that seem to be mainly in charge of shaping it right now. We are proud to have two representatives speaking here today that are really fighting for the people, but in order for them to break through and do what they're trying to do, we the people need to be organized to unite and put pressure on city and state governments to respond to our needs and not just preserve the status quo with a social justice bow on it. We're here to fight and we're here to stay. I love that. Oh, thank you. I loved when I love when Ben Simon gets like fire and brimstone. Like it's it's like, you know, like a pox on their family, a pox. And it's 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 you know, it's it's and it's what I I mean, I remember this speech. I remember being there. It was a nice day. There was a lot of people. There was a lot of people at this rally supporting uh us and it was fun. It was fun. And um you know, what you said that day obviously foreshadowed your campaign. Uh which I like the consistency. Yeah. Um absolutely. And I do want to um play a couple songs cuz you know, let's circle into what you're doing now. You're both musicians. Home Despo, big and famous, Sophia. <laughs> new single, new <laughs> video. Like, yo, you're there. You're there. You're famous to me. You're famous oh, to us. Um so we're going to play some a track that a video and single just drops a real estate which is on topic. And then Toby Tantrum. We're going to play A City Is Not a Dormitory. It's true, it's not. It's not. Factually, Cam factually accurate. Cambridge might seem like one sometimes, yes. unfortunately. Unfortunately, yes. um, But it is not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be here for us, too. I do want to give a quick shout-out to um, New Alliance, uh, where we are here now in the boiler room. It's not really the market basket. It's actually New Alliance. Yeah. undisclosed location i want to give a shout out to new alliance because uh they have been taking in refugees of our artists i would call ourselves art artist refugees like and i'm not even an artist but you know we got to build this little station here in the basement and so many new so many bands have been flooding in a lot of people have sort of sort of rebuilt their spaces rebuilt their galleries here and it's just so appreciated and we want to continue working with um, new Alliance and, you know, the artists that are here in this space to prevent something like that from happening again in the future. New Alliance is a huge part of EMS, you know? They were, like, it's awesome that they were, they were able to, like, you know, put this together into remnants, you know, like, bringing it back together. Dudes. Yeah. If anyone could do it. Yeah, and I think that people have really been woken up by the situation with EMF and felt the loss deeply and are very um, more driven to do what we have to do to stop it from happening next time because there's not that many spaces left. I also do want to point out that I actually completely overlooked the fact that I'm missing a co-host today. I mean, Ben and Sophia are pretty <laughs> much doing a good job interviewing for this position. But actually, no, I do have a co-host. He's coming back. Evan George is, you know, doing Christmas stuff or something. I don't know. Um, mm. And he's watching, though. Hi, Evan. <laughs> Uh, I miss you. I don't know how to do a show. Uh, no. <laughs> I need the Google Docs. Where are your Google Docs? I have 
Google Docs full of links. But anyway, uh, no. So, I mean, I guess uh, he is going to be back. We're going to be back next week with more sexy taxes and housing stuff and renter's rights and all that fun stuff. And uh, he's not leaving forever. He's just gone for today. And um, uh, I'm happy to have all my guests right now to fill in. And Herb. I haven't talking too much. You haven't talked much. Anyway, I've got those songs. You got the songs lined up? We've got some songs lined up. I got a... Um, Oh, Evan just said, currently interviewing with Real Estate Radio. <laughs> He's like, I met this guy, you know, this guy, John Giovanni. You ever met him? I'm like, no, did you? Yeah, great podcast. Oh, God. I listen every week. Oh, God. Oh, that would, can you imagine? That would be brutal. <laughs> I can't imagine. So we got some songs coming up. Uh, I'll be right back. We'll be right back. Um, we're going to talk about the future. We're going to talk about what we can do to stop this in the future and what, what we can do now. So, be right, be right back. Cameras are rolling. Rolling. Three rolling.
We are back. That was A City Is Not a Dormitory by Toby Tantrum, Ben's band. And are you guys still active? We are going through the lineup change, but we're hoping to be okay. shows again soon. Okay, well, keep us posted because we, well, Renters Radio is going to be there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, definitely consider playing events here at the space. Um, and also, Home Despo with Surreal Estate, uh, big, big. Fan, fan favorite, uh, big, uh, I don't know. It's Sophia's one of my favorite people. So, uh, I definitely enjoy that too. Um, also booking, playing live shows around Somerville, Cambridge, still doing their thing. So those are some two tracks, I think pretty on point for the issue. Um, Sophia's out of the room for a minute, but let's circle back to what happened. So year, two years later, we're here sitting in new Alliance basement uh, after having struggled through being pushed out and scrambling for a place, I finally have a show, all that stuff. Um, we want to talk about what to do in the future. And I said, and you know, I know that there's folks here like Dave tree, for instance, who started this call to arts community and you know it, it is a lot of artists trying to make a guild right you're in that yeah i haven't been for a while yeah i mean either yeah um so that's a thing um i think that we have some stability here 
in this particular space for now, and I want to try to keep it. What do you first think is going to happen in the future for, is this just going to be kind of this hopeless story of artists being pushed out or does it, can it be any different? Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely can be different. And I think um, we have to recognize like at the, at the root of this problem is, you know, um, it's the same problem that's, you know, like our artist displacement and disappearance of art spaces is, is like the same, a different part of the same problem as like residential displacement. It's, it's all fundamentally about uh, private property ownership and like the fact that private property owners get to do whatever they want with their property within certain limitations, but they can literally ruin people's lives in those ways. Um, and we, we need to recognize right now that the, the way cities are changing all over the country are in really predictable ways. Poor people are getting pushed out. Uh, rich people are moving in. Uh, businesses that cater to poor people, working class people, and artists are disappearing. And it's this is because of this is just how free market capitalism works. Like the most profitable uses are going to be the ones that are going to happen. Um, it's just a complete lie that all needs will be met through the markets. Um, <laughs> yeah. All needs that make a lot of money <laughs> right. for people that own property will be met. But when it's no longer profitable to have a practice space, practice spaces will no longer exist. So what we need to do is we need to we need to insist that the city cities start buying these and holding them um, in as as art spaces in um, sorry in perpetuity. I think that's the way you have that word. Um, but but of course they're they're going to be really resistant, which is why we need to organize and we need to really. Um, we really need to really put pre pressure on our, our city governments to to actually represent us, but of course it's just it, it's it you can't ask the city to do that and not not also ask the city how about housing your homeless population like it's just we 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 need to do both and we need to make this one movement about right. taking land out of the control of a few wealthy private owners and putting it into the hands of the community. The land use should be a democratic process, not a process of who, who the, the fucking handful of rich people that own the entire town get to decide, you know, what happens with everyone's life. And like, if they decide, oh, we're not going to have grocery stores because we don't want them, that can happen because our, they're all privately owned. Like, so we, we need in this fucking insane, hyper gentrified urban environment, we need the public sector to step in and take shit out of their hands. Well, now you are speaking renter's radio language right there. Give it up for Ben. I like, I like that sounds like a good future. I would love to see concrete plans on how to do that. Um, and absolutely, you know, I talk about EMF. I talk about the artists and spaces because that's what I know. That's where I, like, I come from. Um, but it does totally tie into housing. And housing is a human right. And, you know, even if we got to keep our artist spaces, if no one can afford to live near there, what's the point? Exactly. Like, you know, everyone's getting pushed out either way. Either the thing you love is far away or unaffordable or the place you live is far away or unaffordable. And, you know, why can't we have both? Yeah. Why can't we have fun, soulful, meaningful communities and housing that we can afford? Why can't we do that? I think we can. Maybe I, think, I think it's very important for artists to step up and just show people how important it is. Uh, the, the, how these guys are putting countless amount of hours into their crafts and they're doing it out there and how important this is to, to, to themselves and to the community and everything, dude. In order to have, like, rich people actually, like, not take 
you know, take away these like uh, uh, communities that we built for ourselves to. I think it's very important for people to see that, that yeah, like meeting together with four different people in a room and being able to get loud and get experimental and like, and, and, and just bring entertainment and art to, to the community, how, how important that is, dude. And, 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 and you know, and, and maybe when people realize how important like art really is, then, then we could start like actually like saving these communities, you know, then people will like, you know, be like, wow, you know, like these 400 people that happen to hang out in this like shitty thousand year old <laughs> industrial building, are, are are in there for a reason, dude. Yeah. Maybe I should fucking sink a hundred dollars into it. Maybe I should sink half of my fortune into it. Dude. You know, <laughs> like like these people need to notice, dude. Like Giovanni has no soul, dude. You no. know, like like how can you look? Anyways, sorry. No, yeah, no. I mean, you can continue. That you were spot on right there. Um, I <laughs> feel that I didn't even know art was important till I went to EMF, to be honest. Exactly. I'm just a political person. I mean, I like punk rock and I like yeah. music, but I didn't realize that. I mean, to be honest, like, I didn't know art was... <laughs> right? right like, as a... I grew up, like, both of my parents are musicians and I've grown up around artists. And uh, I myself am a musician. And I think we're constantly surrounded by sort of, like, messages that basically tell us like that what we do is a luxury or what we do is like hedonistic or whatever like to the point where I didn't really understand the value in it until I started looking at the numbers of how much artists contribute economically to the municipality like how we brighten up an area how we we actually create like more like sort of like vibrant positive yeah and in the micro that how you influence people to better themselves right for sure there's there's like so much there and like we were taught for a a lot of our lives to not value that um we're taught a lot of that process was like even trying to convince artists and musicians themselves that like they were worth this fight and like the space that they operate in was not like they weren't being whiny. They weren't asking for more than they need. Like this is like basic shit that people who are working, who are laboring need like, and they deserve it. Yeah. And that's their worth. And like, end of story, there's no like, well, like, you know, it is a luxury. No, that shit's like all bullshit. Yeah, it really is. And it, it, it took me a while to actually internalize that kind of thing as well. I, what you're getting at there of the value, uh, you know, it's not even about, oh, well, you know, I can prove artists bring this value to the community by the amount of dollars they put in on this or whatever. You're measuring it wrong. There's no measurement. It's not like it's it's as Dave Tree said, it's priceless. But even when you like, that's the thing is like when we were in this, I was like, we have to find a way to communicate this to people. Right. Who, like, we got to speak their language. This idea of like good, a good time is like going to see a block like they've never consumed art from like local artists right so it's like going into these like cultural studies these studies on the arts and areas and like billions of dollars are generated <laughs> by the arts and especially in places like cambridge um like it's a huge economic force even when you look at it from that extremely capitalist point of view right like it's still something that's obviously worth investing in and as soon as it goes away you kind of have to artificially continue, like artificially prop up various industries to continue that. The arts is also the, the arts is like the number one export of the U S right. There's nothing that is creating that much gross domestic product 
in this country that's coming from this country going to other countries that isn't you know that that's like right entertainment art. yeah like it's not of course a lot of that's pretty bad right but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's somewhere, it's a bad art know? like yeah. it's yeah. somewhere like yeah. those people didn't just like yeah i mean maybe some of them did but like maybe you know they were fucking in places like pmf like or i, I would like to, i would like to think so i, I hope so i, think so. I, I think hope so, so for sure Oh. You know, I hope somebody makes it. You know, we have a few. We have a few people who've made it out of there, um, or made it to some capacity. I'm not sure international or not, but I don't know. Um, so we do. You know, I was just asking Ben when you were in the other room. Also, what you know, what have, what we obviously we talked about what we have learned, but like, what do we do next when the boot comes down again? Yeah, I, we don't have to give out the whole playbook because maybe there's something that we can, you know, maybe we need to have like shady meetings behind closed doors about some of it. But um, uh, you know what what happens when it comes down again? Yeah, I think there's like on on one side it's it's action, and then the other part of it is PR. Um, <laughs> I think the one thing that I wish I drove in more with other people is like especially in this age when we have Trump, you know, there's like, there's already this like huge political enemy and like, it's hard for people to envision these like municipal and en enemies on like local levels. Oh, but they're Democrats. Right. <laughs> like, like this realtor, you know, he's just like, he's just doing business. Uh, I want to reiterate to people like over and over again and every means possible that like these evils, like these huge evils that you focus all your, your energy on like Trump, like their game was and continues to be real estate. Anyone who's making like billions and billions of dollars in passive income, like they're doing that on property. Um, and like people like Di Giovanni, even though they're doing it on a smaller level, like that is part of the same game. Like the most evil scumbags on this earth, like are realtors because there's no replacement resource for that. Like once you have land, you basically have the economy, you right. have the lives, you have control over the entire environment that you're investing in. And then the other thing is action. Like I wish we spent significantly less time um, cooperating with politicians, as Steve said. Um, I think we should have collectively lawyered up really early on and got in a sort of like someone who's well-versed in commercial tendency um and done stuff like that like we're gonna see yeah. the building um we're not gonna leave until you bring every single one of us to court um i think in current existing practice spaces it's really important that people get written contracts um right so that they know how long they have there and if that is um that is like infringed upon like it was at emf they at least have some like legal paper trail to show that like they weren't anticipating being evicted at that time right it wasn't like an at will or at hawk tenancy type of thing right lease like, a lease get a lease that was our biggest <laughs> that was our biggest thing or even an email being like how long do i have right x amount of time that's important to have like that was a really big kick in the ass for us i think so these are all really good when the boot does come down now also want to talk about preemptive yeah. Movement. Well, I, I mentioned, I think, um, while, while you were away, Sophia, the, uh, the idea of like a city owned art space. And yes. um, I just, it, I just, um, I think like that's something that we could do proactively, like demand, like we should say, hey, the city should buy, you know, this building, like the building New Alliances or something like that. Somerville could buy it. Uh, we could have, we could have asked Cambridge to buy, you know, um, to buy DJ Giovanni's building before he bought it. 
like that that's the kind of thing that i think would would save these these uh, spaces because otherwise they're just going to fall to the market forces that are swallowing everything um but i just wanted to say like this that might sound like a totally radical insane idea um but just about i just saw this article about a month ago about a town in florida where like you know 68 percent of the population voted for trump they they like voted to have a city run uh, grocery store because like there, there wasn't an affordable grocery store <laughs> that's awesome. the city oh, now the city now owns and operates this grocery store which is like of course of course the city should right. do that food if, is if, a right if, if the markets aren't providing it yeah the city should do it that's and that's exactly nice. what's what's happening here in, in cambridge with art spaces yeah for sure i mean call me a libertarian and we can get into this on another show at some point because i am very curious about this idea but if the city buys the building what if they don't like my show and they right you know what i mean no, like I, I think that the city should move to publicly protect these spaces but i feel like i'm afraid <laughs> that if i now have to yeah. apply for a grant and do a bunch of paperwork just to do the thing i wanted to do anyway I'm going to find another space. That's a good point. It's, you know, that's the hard part is like how much I wish they could just buy the building and leave it as it is and let everyone do what they want. But that's not always how it works. There would certainly be com There would be more compromise than like, yeah, of, of, I think yes. that's something that people didn't straight up say. Yeah. Which is that like, obviously like if this city owns a building, like it's not going to be an EMF situation. Right. It's slightly <laughs> anarchistic. Like, yeah, it will be regulated. Yeah. Um, I like, I would worry less about censorship and more about just like not being able to like have a space at all. Right. Be, yeah. Yeah. Or just like in that case, like if the city were to own a practice space, like there'd be more stuff like no smoking butts inside, like, all this, <laughs> you know, like all this, yeah. like they would, I don't think they'd censor a show. I hate rules. Um, but yeah, the rules. Oh, they would have censored the young jerks in a heartbeat. What about right. reaching? Like, here's a crazy thought. Yeah, what about reaching out to like, um, <laughs> What about reaching out to like really wealthy artists, dude? What about JC like fucking getting Bob invested Jr. into like, Bernie Bob Jr.? Yeah, you know, what like, about what Bill Kenny? Bill what Kenny. About these assholes Bill that are like, up there that people look up to that they have uh, product. Bill Kenny. How come they're not getting? Yeah, Bill know, Kenny. How come they're not getting into the business, opening up practice spaces, yeah. and making money through the rock? And know? then they book these bands once they get, you know, yeah, they pick I mean, them and they book them at these big venues. Since it's getting involved with vitamin water, he can't fucking open up a practice space or a studio. Right. Well, well I think. I mean, I. Think I think the reason they're not doing it is like we've, we've already like kind of said like it's not profitable anymore to do these in, in urban centers like where that where artists actually want to be and while i totally take the like the, the, the there are certain very legitimate concerns about like a publicly owned practice space like i think we're at a place where we kind of cities are so hyper gentrified that we're, yeah. we're facing the choice of no practice spaces or city-owned practice. You're right. Like that, that's mm. just the choice we're facing. That's like right we're, now. yeah, that's like we're facing the choice of like nowhere to live or rent control or build more public housing, you know, like right. start having the city-owned things. Like we have to, you know, do we want to be here or not? And I totally think that's legitimate. I'm just playing devil's advocate because I want to talk about that mm -hmm. in detail at some point on a further show. I think it's really worth it. Like I'm, yeah. I'm obviously also like skeptical of that. Yeah. But it's kind of easy to envision it as, envision it as this like perfect, <laughs> ideal when we have more or less elected like progressive local leaders like right. we don't really know what that looks like if you were to elect someone like charlie baker who's all of a sudden like we're gonna put surveillance cameras in your space and, right like, if you vape like yeah know, right you know, exactly like, uh, yeah then again the developers had surveillance uh right. at our space too so i guess what's the difference uh censorship is everywhere
Yeah. As Rod says, <laughs> both hard and soft. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ernie Bach might not be the best rich benef yeah. benefactor I just to go don't, to. I, I hate the idea of like, oh, we have to go to some other rich people yeah. to save us. Yeah, we should just us. take like, their money instead. Like, at least, you know, at least <laughs> like, the public it. sector, in theory, is responsible to, yeah. our, you know, to us. Yeah, it's hard because also, you know, as somebody who isn't like big on uh, college, like I never, I mean, I went to college, I, but I also didn't like college things. Like, they sucked more than EMF did. You know, like in terms of like, I mean, college radio station was kind of fun, you know, actually I had fun there, but, um, it's sort of, it's, I think of like, you know, a state owned thing or a city owned thing, um, a publicly funded thing. And I think it's going to be academic. It's going to be college-y. It's going to be, you know, just cause I, maybe that's because in my experience in Cambridge and Austin Brighton, colleges own everything. So, you know, it could be that I associate college and publicly city held things as being like sterile and somewhat academic or somewhat like it's not like like my friends I don't have to be in college to hang out with my cool artist friends like because that's not what it's like that's not the thing that binds us you know right right um I don't know maybe you guys have different experiences of that no, I get that dude yeah that. like it's it's like um I I hate like that's a that's a whole nother worm yeah about, like the influence that academia has on the local landscape is nuts like, yeah they got all the money in the world too they they yeah. have endless amounts of money and they don't pay obviously they don't pay property taxes so it's like right a but um yeah oh. I can go on about that. we'll be going on about that next episode as well most oh, likely right. yeah that's uh that's part of what we but, do here well, what i was gonna this the snooty the snooty institutions college and university either the private ones like i went to, i went to a public university oh yeah like, it was like you know, i went to umass so working class yeah and like it was a it was a cool scene i love i love going there no, we're talking about um but i i also think like the the points about like you know you're right actually that is a good point i'm thinking mit and harvard yeah i really yeah. am so tough yeah uh like bureaucracy and surveillance and like all that stuff and like concern about the the like the government like you know, laws getting like fucked up on on the thing. I feel like that that's more of a concern, like the higher level of government. You're talking about like state and federal, but when it when, if it were like a city owned thing, and like you know, it was like the city deciding how it was going to be structured, how it was going to be run. Um, you know, I, I think we yeah. I know we've been on this point for a long, so I want I want to be able. To I like watch, honestly but... want to like talk about this. Yeah, and if some no, proposal I... come for, comes forward, um. At some point or something, we can have you guys on again, it, right? Because it would it would suck to not be able to smoke and drink in the in like yeah. Like, it does seem like that would be a weird liability for a city run space, and I, I I would be great if there was a way to make that happen. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, smoking yeah. and drinking. I just yeah. don't like. Yeah, I don't like rules. <laughs> That's how I am. What can I say? But I do appreciate that that I mean, could be helpful. You, you could smoke and drink in public housing, right? Or maybe not smoke. Yeah, I don't know if you can smoke. I don't even know if I can smoke, smoke outside. outside. No. I don't know where to smoke well, anymore. Actually, there is a couple of places that are attempting to pass laws like that, like New York City. Yeah, and that's like such like it's classic. It's classic bullshit. Yeah. Um, um, but I actually do need to. My my computer's gonna die, so I need to um get to the point here, which is twenty twenty. The New Year's coming up. The Roaring Twenties are back. The Roaring Twenties are back. <laughs> it's time to do the Charlestown. And I think there's going to be a lot less. Um, be a flapper. and Yeah, a lot less of that fun stuff. Yeah. Prohibition's back. But this uh, time yeah. it's vapes. It's vapes. <laughs> and Newport <laughs> cigarettes. Um, 
<laughs> what are you guys planning for 2020? Like what, what's, what's, what's on the, on the books for Sophia and Ben? Um, <laughs> well, one thing that's coming up that, um, I'm really excited that, uh, two, two bills that are, you know, different kinds of rent control bills, um, are being heard, uh, by committee in January, January, I'm getting the date right, January 14th, I believe is the date. Um, it's being heard at the state house at 1030. Um, I'm going to be sending out a blast email. I, I don't have all the details in my head right now. Um, but it's really important that, um, people show up and test, yep. uh, give testimony and like also send emails to the committee. The okay. Committee. Um, I think Kevin Honan is one of the heads of the committee. <laughs> that's not my rep, um, but that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. But you can, you can, you can still email them because of the, yeah. the heads of the committee and be like, support this, please. Um, yeah. We desperately need it. Um, and then um, it, it's in early stages of planning, but I wanted to bring it up because um, hopefully it can be partly hosted here. Um, I just, I got somebody reached out to me who wants to have, um, they're really apropos to this discussion. She wants to organize this like um, workshop for artists to, to organize, um, to protect their communities and like, and to fight displacement. Um, and it was going to be like, the first part of it was actually going to be at MIT. And it was going to be like partly talking, diagnosing the problem, talking about concrete steps to address the problem. And then the last thing was just going to be like a, co like a concert to like, hell yeah. Uh, you know, have fun. Um, and she wanted a bunch of EMF bands and she was looking at different venues, but I thought what better venue than, than here. So right. um, I, I was hoping, um, you know, Nick, Dave, if you're listening, um, please consider, <laughs> please consider. We are happy. I, I, for one would be happy to host this event, plug this event, cover this event, cover the bill too, actually, but cover this event here at new Alliance on renters radio, because that is just right up our alley. I mean, obviously, Everybody just needs to work together at the end of the day. All these are, everybody just come together and make it happen and protect ourselves and protect our friends and protect our dreams. So that's really good to hear. Um, just definitely keep me posted about what's going on with that. Yeah, so I can um, just. The projected date is January yeah. 24th, but because Perfect. we don't have the venue, like it could be a different. Uh, we can definitely work yeah. on that. Yeah. We can definitely work yeah. on that. That's, that's um, actually, we need stuff like that. To so happen. If you, if you want to play it, then you can, I would absolutely. Yeah. I would. <laughs> <laughs> We had such a great time last party. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, it was like a little concert in here anyway. I, you're, some of those videos are so heartwarming. Um, in a way, you're lucky I didn't play them. But <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah I'll give a quick plug. Um, one group that I sort of like globbed on to after the EMF evictions, because I, I really respect the work they're doing, um, is City Life or Vida Urbana. There you go. Um, they do a lot of housing advocation um advocating um right now they're fighting for affordable housing in suffix down in east boston which is like a huge fight obviously because yeah. so many people our co-host my need that evan was yeah our, my co-host that isn't here today was there okay, at that yeah. rally so we're on yes yeah, i love so city life love vita urbana is there any are there any events going on in somerville cambridge and anything else in your life like um right now i'm sort of in like a little bit of a self-preservation mode of just trying to get my own music yeah. stuff together um and working <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, i feel you uh but one thing that i've noticed is like the more that i'm sort of focusing on cultivating my own music um like the more i'm meeting other artists and sort of like spreading my like social tendrils <laughs> to like various parts of the scenes and 
that's another thing that I really noticed when we were fighting for EMF is like there's very few degrees of separation in the Boston music and art scene. And I think like if we can draw those connections even closer, um, when future stuff does happen, it'll be easier easier to um to organize. Right. Cause like there's some people who I wish I could have gotten the message across to, but I, I hadn't even like had more than a couple of sentence with them sentences with them in person. Right. And like it's hard to be like, hey, like put hours of labor on the line for yeah. like this practice space you never stepped foot into. Um whereas like now there's a lot of people who I didn't know back then who I feel like I could like confide in and good be like, can you like help good out? You know? Um so yeah, just figuring out how to create those those connections in like a softer way is really important to me. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's going to be a, a smashing success yeah. for you anyway, because I know that I've had that experience and just doing, just do you and yeah. everything will follow. Cause you's awesome. There's like some part, like, I mean, like I've done a lot of activist stuff, <laughs> like right now, a lot of my energy is going towards like more like anti-concentration camp stuff, Good. which is different and concentration camps natural. suck, but um, there's not a lot of room, like made for sort of creating those like interpersonal connections which is so understated in activism um so i'm trying to figure out new ways to do that i'm starting a leftist shoveling i saw that i saw that it was (laughs) thanks to the mormons yeah uh, they have a really good technique where they go and shovel people's yards who aren't getting like attention from the state or the municipality and you know they're like feeling lonely or isolated and like they need someone to help them out. So yeah. we're trying to get to them before the Mormon church does and create like a sort of mutual aid network. Oh, that is so where we perfect. Can, like, talk to people, like help them out, um, hopefully like create a bigger system that is allowed to provide the same aid. So That's I saw that out. post. That's pretty awesome. Definitely, yeah, yeah keep us posted on that too. We'll we, we love mutual aid. I might join. I don't live in Somerville, but I'm happy to do it in Brighton. I need the exercise. God. Well, we can spread like I feel like eventually <laughs> we could spread the shoveling yeah. endeavor across. Just enlist yeah. my roommates, be like, come on, Marxist shoveling brigade. <clears throat> yeah. I really like the shovel. You do? <laughs> I didn't mean to make it. <laughs> yeah. No, I um, also yeah. enjoy shoveling. Yeah. yeah. Once I get started. It's, it's so, so nice. relaxing. Yeah. Put some music on. Yeah. <clears throat> Go to town. All Your right. Neighbors. Yeah, it's exercise. I could always use that. And uh, it is a nice way to meet neighbors. So that's awesome. 2020 is looking good. We will definitely circle back on this low-key artist collaborative. We already have the call to arts here at New Alliance every month. Um, and <laughs> sorry, I'm reading the comments. We got like, y'all are nuts. We got a group hug. <laughs> Academia's indoctrination and brainwashing, yeah, yeah. which is yeah, yeah. depends where. Yeah, right. Um, oh, oh. Uh, MIT largely prepares you for a job in weapons manufacturing. Even Chomsky, Professor Emeritus at MIT, says so. That is true. But anyway, I digress. It's getting late. My medication's worn off. I'm very tired. Um, so. Thank you so much you. for coming yeah, on and sharing on. this WEMF miss. Yeah. I hope you come back again. Um, you know, we we have that bill to cover. We have these potential events and networking things going on to save the artist, which is like always going to be a priority issue for me. Evan will be back next week. Apparently, we have a show. Um, I don't know what we're talking about yet. I'll leave that up to him. Uh, and then January, we got this book. We're going to cover that bill, that tenants housing for all bill. Mike's pushing. Uh, we ran into him the other day. Um, 
we got some people running for state rep that I'm really excited to have on, like Jordan and uh, Jordan Jordan Meehan, and uh, you know a few more a few more surprises in the works. So for now, like, subscribe, follow our podcast. We are Renters Radio on pretty much everything: Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Spotify. All those things. Uh, you could also donate to our Patreon. We actually got a Patreon donor tonight. Thank you so much, Zach. Thank you. Merry EMF miss to you, sir. That is going to go a long way, and we appreciate this. I appreciate all your support over the years, man. Like, that's it's made my day. I'm so excited. Um, and happy holidays and Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, I actually just saw that pop up right now. So I'm like, oh, Patreon. So yes, we have a Patreon and we do need your money. We are poor. I'm extremely poor. Um, so, you know, it's patreon.com slash renters radio. Also, we'll be back next week and, you know, stay tuned, like subscribe. Did I say everything, Herb? Are we good? Mm-hmm. All right. Renters radio out. See you next week, folks. Peter, you're going to finish this off. I was waiting to see if you wanted to hear what I was we always want to hear what you have to say, Peter. I'm going to tell you who the winner's going to be. Everything here, every person here, was created. Okay? Someone created this, and someone created this. So the artists are going to win. And on that, on a. Motion by Vice Mayor Devereaux to close public comment. All those in favor say aye. Those opposed, nay. And public comment is closed.